What do cup winning experience and a coach calling out the referees for unbalanced penalty calls have in common? It was St. Louis trying to find an advantage somewhere in a series against this year's President Trophy winners, Colorado, that truthfully wasn't there. We take an in-depth look at the four-game Colorado sweep of St. Louis in the NHL first-round West Division playoff matchup between the teams. Central Division Hockey, the podcast, and the Colorado versus St. Louis NHL first round West Division playoff recap podcast. This was the lone first round matchup between two focused podcast teams this year. At the beginning of the year, I guess you would have thought a Colorado versus St. Louis series was going to be a two versus three first round or a possible division final series. By the 20-game played mark of the regular season to me, it was clear St. Louis was going to have a challenge staying a playoff-bound team, and it was going to be as a fourth-place team that, based on expectations, had to be viewed as a disappointment. Meanwhile, Colorado did pull through on expectations, finishing first to set up this 1-4 versus matchup for good reason. They were the heavy favorites. As of now, this is the first focus series I predicted correctly out of the four. There is an outside chance I get one more prediction right, but for sure I had two other series wrong. However, given the West Division had four Central Division focused teams for the teams that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22, I watched more games of the West Division all in all of the regular season of all the divisions. I also watched these teams in last year's expanded playoff bubble entirely. It's to say I was aware I'd watch more West Division hockey in the NHL that I was more confident in my predictions. Look, I didn't want St. Louis to be swept in the first round. I simply felt I noticed the differences between the 2019 Cup winning St. Louis team and this year's team and I caught it early on. Likewise, I noticed the steady upgrades Colorado made that would tilt who is the cup contending team this year versus the St. Louis team that had simply done enough to get into the NHL playoffs and not much more. Some additional factors as far as additional St. Louis injuries certainly may have contributed to the outcome of the narratives from a St. Louis perspective, but we're going to look at both teams related to the specific series. Colorado advances to play Vegas or Minnesota while St. Louis looks to next season. The winner, Colorado, four games, St. Louis, a zero, a best of seven series sweep. Game one recap, Colorado four, St. Louis one in Colorado. The game winning goal, 30 seconds into the third with the game tied at one all. Colorado gains the offensive zone, get the puck down low, and two, Colorado's Nathan McKinnon in the low circle slot. He wires a one-timer short side from the low circle past St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington. Other goals, 4.45 left in the first. Colorado opened the scoring with a power play goal off of a face-off win. Colorado's Kale McCarr at the blue line walks the line to the high center slot, puts a wrister lifted blocker side. Colorado's McKinnon drew the penalty in Colorado's defensive zone on St. Louis's Ryan O'Reilly. 3.29 left in the second. St. Louis goal off the rush. St. Louis's Jordan Cairo on a 3-on-2 rush one-timer 
forehand that beats Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer short side. 8.30 into the third, the first of two Colorado insurance goals off the cycle. Gabriel Landeskog with a net front tip, short side glove side on a center point shot by McKinnon. Landeskog completes a Gordy Howe hat trick with the goal to go with his two assists and a fight for the game. 40 seconds left, Colorado's McKinnon nets his second of the game into an empty net on a breakaway. Big saves, Colorado goalie Grubauer 6-11 into the first, stopped St. Louis's Vladimir Tarasenko's partial breakaway driving to the net. 6-29 into the second, a pad stop on St. Louis's Braden Shen's slot shot. 8-24 and a blocker save on St. Louis's Mike Hoffman's power play slot shot. 109 into the third, he had a poke check on St. Louis's Robert Thomas's partial breakaway. Four seconds later, he denies St. Louis's Ivan Barbashev's net front backhander. 724 left, a blocker save on St. Louis's O'Reilly in the slot. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 626 into the first. He stops Colorado's Landeskog from the slot and McKinnon's rebound. 526 left, Colorado's McKinnon's slot shot on the power play. 935 into the second, Colorado's Brandon Sod was stopped in the slot. 950 left, he makes a sprawling out pad save on Colorado's Miko Rantanen. Net side 2-0 give and go with Nazem Kadri. 8.15 left, the glove save on Colorado's Rantanen's one-timer from the dot on the power play. 107 left, Colorado's Tyson Jost on a breakaway backhander and rebound chance. 4.30 into the third, a deflection save in the paint on Colorado's sodden close. 9.32 left, stops Colorado's JT Comfort Park net front. 2.54 left, a blocker save on Colorado's Jost. 239 left blocker stop on Colorado's Devin Taves off the rush on a bad St. Louis line change. Colorado goalie Grubauer, one goal against 22 saves for the win. St. Louis goalie Bennington, three goals against 46 saves for the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays. 403 into the first St. Louis's Tarasenko hits the short side post from the slot. 17 seconds left. Colorado's Rantanen put a rebound laying behind St. Louis goalie Bennington through the crease without getting a shot on goal on the open net. 633 left in the second. Colorado's Ryan Graves defensive stick stops St. Louis's Hoffman's sure wraparound goal. Fights, 9-13 left in the first. Colorado's Landeskog and St. Louis's Shen fight after taking exception to Shen's open ice hit just inside the St. Louis blue line on Colorado's Rantanen that had contact to the knees. The team scrum at the end of the third at the buzzer. St. Louis goalie Bennington skates down the ice, but a linesman prevents him from joining the fray. Shots on goal, 50-23 for Colorado. Block shots, 19-15 for St. Louis. Hits, 21-16 for St. Louis. The power plays, Colorado 1 for 3, St. Louis 0 for 2. Game analysis, St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington did everything to keep St. Louis in a game that Colorado was the dominant of the two teams as the shots on goal through the first 40 remind you. The early Colorado game-winning goal, 30 seconds, was part of a three-goal final frame that Colorado held an 18-7 shot and goal advantage as compared to the 19-5 shot and goal advantage in the first. Colorado's top line were also involved in all four goals, along with McCarr's power play goal that was the only special team's goal. St. Louis didn't contain Colorado's top line nor find the goal production to match it. Game 2 recap, Colorado 6, St. Louis 3 in Colorado. The game-winning goal with 4.35 left in the game, a 3-on-2 Colorado lead late in the third. Gabriel Landeskog off the forecheck sets up Nathan McKinnon for his second of the game. The center 
Blue line shot beat St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington top corner blocker side through traffic for Colorado's fourth goal. Other goals, 35 seconds into the first, Colorado opened the scoring off the forecheck as Jonas Donskoy gets a net front tip on Ryan Graves' point shot. 155 left, Colorado power play goal, McKinnon's first from the dot. Rister put short side through a net front screen. St. Louis' Robert Thomas was in the box for a puck over glass delay of game penalty on that goal. 314 into the second Colorado power play goal. McKinnon's point shot goes off of Donskoy's body on the net front screen for his second goal of the game. St. Louis's Barbashev took a hooking penalty drawn by McKinnon at the St. Louis blue line. 3.43 left, St. Louis goal, Sammy Bay from the Colorado goal line, bounces the puck in off a of Colorado goalie, Philip Grubauer's pad, off the forecheck, and block shot play rebound in a bad Colorado defensive zone failed clearing attempt. 9.53 left in the third, St. Louis power play goal, Braden Shen bags an up front rebound, blocker side, off of the rush, and Tyler Bozak shot off Colorado goalie Grubauer's pad to create the rebound. St. Louis's alone goal on a five-minute major and match penalty by Colorado's Nazem Kadri, who with 13.33 left finished a high-to-the-head check on St. Louis's Justin Falk off the St. Louis rush in the Colorado defensive zone. Falk was injured on the play. 4.20 left, 15 seconds after Colorado had made it 4-2, St. Louis cut the lead on St. Louis. Mike Hoffman's goal off the rush from the circle put short side shelf posting in. 209 left Colorado empty net goal by Brandon Sod from the Colorado side of center ice. 12 seconds left McKinnon gets his hat trick goal into an empty net. Big saves Colorado goalie Grubauer. 545 into the first stop St. Louis's Jordan Kyrou's slot chance off Colorado defensive zone turnover. 755 in stop St. Louis's Kyrou off the rush on a toe drag shot. 32 seconds into the second, St. Louis's Rylan O'Reilly's backhand stopped off Colorado defensive zone turnover. 6.14 left, stopped St. Louis's Ivan Barbashev from the slot. 48 seconds left, St. Louis's Thomas stopped off the rush. 3.13 into the third, St. Louis's Shen slot wrister save on a 3-on-2. 3.13 into third makes a slot wrister save on St. Louis's Shen on a 3-on-2. 6.15 left, pad save off the rush on St. Louis's Kairou from the circle. 2.18 left, stop St. Louis's Nico Mikolas backhand short side off the rush. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 2.50 into the first, stops slot and rebound chance by Colorado's Landeskog off an odd man rush. 6.11 left, Colorado's Alex Newhook's backhand off the rush is stopped. 4.05 left, Colorado's Landeskog is stopped off the rush. 1.21 left, makes a save on Colorado's Andre Burakowski slot shot on a St. Louis defensive zone turnover. 132 into the second in the slot. Colorado's sod is stopped. 450 in Colorado's Don Scoy from the slot and 601 Colorado's Miko Rantanen from the dot are both stopped. 430 into the third slot save on Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin off a of St. Louis defensive zone turnover. Colorado goalie Grubauer, three goals against 32 saves for the win. St. Louis goalie Bennington, four goals against 29 saves for the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays. 7.26 left in the second. Colorado's Devin Taves clears the puck out of the paint behind Colorado goalie Grubauer after his save on St. Louis's Hoffman's shot. 
Shots on goal, 35 for both teams. Block shots, 17-14 for Colorado. Hits, 26-19 for St. Louis. Power play, Colorado 2-for-2, St. Louis 1-for-2. Game analysis, a slow start by St. Louis with Colorado having a 19-6 shot and goal advantage and a two-goal lead after one with Colorado's third goal early in the second, putting them up two with the man advantage. And St. Louis was playing catch-up all game and couldn't tie it up, but got as close as being a goal behind twice. The game was closer than the two empty net final score indicates. However, Colorado controlled the scoreboard start to finish to go up 2-0 in the series. St. Louis did play after Justin Falk left the game with four defensemen as Robert Bertuzzo also exited the game early related to an injury. Game 3 recap, Colorado 5, St. Louis 1 in St. Louis. The game-winning goal, 7.23 left in the second with Colorado up a goal. Colorado rookie Alex Newhook gets his first career NHL goal from the dot with a one-timer on an out-of-position St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington's big rebound off Colorado Ryan Graves' initial shot. Colorado's second to go up 2-0 would end up the game-winner. Other goals, 157 into the second. St. Louis goalie Bennington comes out to play an alley-oop defensive zone clear by Colorado as the teams were finishing playing four-on-four. Out of the box, Colorado's Graves beats Bennington to the puck and skates around to shoot into an open net. Bennington's stick gets a piece of the shot on goal, but not enough to prevent it from going into the open cage off the inside far side post and in. St. Louis's Ivan Barbashev and Colorado's Grave had two each for roughing with 11 seconds left in the first. 3.52 left, Colorado made it a three-goal lead on a two-on-one rush. Tyson Joe's initial shot stopped on a pass from Gabriel Landeskog. St. Louis' Ryan O'Reilly chips it from the slot to Jost, who was now along the net side goal line, where on a second effort he chips it in the short side for a goal. St. Louis challenged a play for goalie interference. Quick review confirms it was a good goal. St. Louis get a two-minute delay of game penalty for the challenge. Nine seconds after St. Louis's O'Reilly on the forecheck after St. Louis dumped the puck in shorthanded into the Colorado defensive zone, creates a turnover, and O'Reilly passes while cutting through the slot to Tyler Bozak, who puts a high-slot one-timer blocker side past Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer for a St. Louis shorthanded goal. 6.18 left in the third. Colorado goal as Brandon Saad finishes off a two-on-one rush with a backhand tuck glove side crossing the paint on a backhand feed from Andre Burakoski. 54 seconds left. Colorado add a shorthanded empty net goal as JT Comfer off a defensive zone turnover fires and banks the puck off the sideboards down into the St. Louis empty net. Big saves, Colorado goalie Grubauer. 14 seconds left in the first is the time of the first of three net side pad saves on St. Louis's Ivan Barbashev. 5.46 into the second, St. Louis's Jordan Cairo denied. 4.40 left, St. Louis's Braden Shen can't score on a wraparound. 6.22 of the third, St. Louis's Jaden Schwartz net front off the rush is stopped. 2.46 left, St. Louis's Mike Hoffman's shot goes off of Grubauer, the crossbar, and out. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 7.44 left in the first. Colorado Saad net side rebound off a rush is stopped. 13 seconds left in the second. He makes a save on Colorado's Rantanen's net front deflection. 7.52 of the third stops Colorado's Rantanen off the rush. Colorado goalie Grubauer, one goal against, 31 saves for the win. St. Louis goalie Bennington, four goals against, 21 saves for the loss. 
post crossbars and big defensive plays. Approximately six minutes left in the first, St. Louis's Shen is knocked off of his feet by Colorado's Landeskog on the Colorado back check. Didn't see a replay. Not sure if Landeskog made contact with the puck before sliding and taking down Shen. There was no penalty on the play. It never was reviewed, and it didn't even make the highlight package when I double-checked to see if I could watch the play again. 108 into the second, Colorado's Rantanen rings the short side post off the rush. Six minutes in, Colorado's Kale McCarr from the blue line. Point shot goes off the post. Shots on goal, 32-26 St. Louis. Block shot, 17-10 for Colorado. Hits, 46-20 for St. Louis. The power play, 0-4 for for Colorado, 0-3 for for St. Louis. Game analysis, Colorado coach Jared Bender called it opportunistic goal scoring, while Colorado goalie Grubauer was full value. Bennington was an equal. St. Louis coach Craig Berube was questioning the penalty advantage for Colorado in a game no team had a power play goal in it. Heck, even Shen's third period hook penalty prevented a sure McKinnon top of the paint goal, and St. Louis did kill that penalty off. That is a penalty, and it's a good one to take. The first penalty is for challenging a goal against with no goalie interference, and that's the shorthanded goal St. Louis scores, their lone goal. In fairness, not finishing on goal scoring chances was the other more accurate assessment of St. Louis dropping the third game in the series. That's part of how good Colorado goalie Grubauer has been in the series, where St. Louis doesn't really have much of sustained offensive zone pressure to generate more offense, and they didn't finish to score the limited times they did have. Game 4 recap, Colorado 5, St. Louis 2 in St. Louis four-game series sweep. The game-winning goal with Colorado up 2-1, 420 into the third. Colorado put away a 2-on-1 as Nathan McKinnon sets up Miko Rantanen for his first goal of the playoffs. Rantanen beats St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington 5-hole. Other goals, 425 into the second. St. Louis would open the scoring as Vladimir Tarasenko gets a stretch pass from Ryan O'Reilly for a breakaway. Tarasenko goes bar down corner glove side on Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer for his first goal of the playoffs. 8.23 left Colorado power play goal as Brandon Sod's high slot wrister is put top shelf corner short side off the rush on a pass from Kale McCarr. St. Louis's Nico Mikola took a two-minute roughing penalty for a high hit to the head on Colorado's Ryan Graves. 507 left Colorado goal on a net front tip by Gabriel Landeskog that bounces in glove side off a Sam Girard point shot after getting a pass from Rattanen, who gained offensive zone entry, stopped and curled in the circle off the rush to begin setting up the play. 839 into the third, St. Louis cut into the Colorado lead, back by one goal, with Tarasenko's second of the game. A top corner glove side wrister from the circle set up by a cross-seam pass on the power play. Colorado's Tyson Jost took a two-minute high-sticking penalty on Tory Krug in the neutral zone for that advantage. Colorado added two power play empty net goals in the last minute of the game. St. Louis's Mike Hoffman took a four-minute high stick with 148 left on Colorado's McKinnon as he exited the defensive zone at the Colorado blue line. St. Louis pulled goalie Bennington twice. 56 seconds left, McKinnon from Colorado's side of center ice scored. And with six seconds left, Colorado's Valerie Nishnushkin picked up his first of the postseason 
off the forecheck net front for a tap-in empty net goal. Big saves. Colorado goalie Grubauer, 747 left in the first. A slot save on St. Louis's O'Reilly. 234 left. Stop St. Louis's Tyler Bosak's net side, short side. 43 seconds into the second. Stop St. Louis's Tarasenko's slot shot. 246 left in the third. A short side stop on St. Louis's Jaden Schwartz. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 5.08 left in the first. Colorado's Carl Sarderberg stopped as Colorado crashed the net after a point shot save. 4.02 left, Colorado's Andre Burakoski in the slot stopped short side. 2.14, Colorado's Pierre-Edouard Balmar off the rush, wires it from the circle, forcing a blocker save, and it goes off the short side post. 2.48 into the second great toe pad far side shot save on a deep pinch by colorado's devin taves 818 in a huge glove save on colorado's connor timmons at the top of the crease 20 seconds left a rebound save on colorado's landeskog park net side 38 seconds into the third a big stop on colorado's graves point slap shot 816 left stops colorado's jt confer's forehand slot shot and his backhand rebound try Colorado goalie Grubauer, two goals against, 18 saves for the win. St. Louis goalie Biddington, three goals against, 29 saves for the loss. Posts, crossbars, and big defensive plays. During the first, St. Louis defenseman Steven Santini on the back check knocked Colorado's Alex Newhook off the puck, and he fell back first awkwardly into the end boards on a pretty clean defensive play by the St. Louis defenseman that Newhook's momentum had end badly. Newhook left the game a minute 28 time on ice, so essentially two shifts and did not return. Shots on goal, 30-20 Colorado. Block shots, 19-13 for St. Louis. Hits, 20-11 for St. Louis. The power play, Colorado 3-for-3. St. Louis 1-for-2. The Colorado power plays, of course, propped up by two into an empty net. Game analysis. You know the biggest thing that struck me watching game four? that I had to keep reminding myself that it was an elimination game for St. Louis. If St. Louis, playing more defensively, didn't all but kill their own ability to generate offense, not just in this game, but for the series overall, they absolutely did. However, even on the brink, in the third, without the power play goal I noted, one really good additional scoring chance that Colorado goalie Grubauer had to save while this team is facing elimination. We will go into the overall series narratives. And there was attention, extra attention, to the refing after St. Louis coach Barubi's Game 3 comments. Trouble is, remove the empty net power play goals, and each team had a power play goal apiece in the game. Colorado 5-on-5 won this game. And not just by the 2-1 goal margin. The high quality of chances they had and the overall shots and offensive zone time throughout this game and the series. This St. Louis team on the verge of elimination looked like they were, except for a handful of players, playing, say, game 20-something of the regular season. That's why they were swept by Colorado. They also did not have an answer for Colorado's top line and best players, and game four again reminds us that all too well. Overall series analysis, Colorado scored 28 more goals than St. Louis in the regular season. Colorado had a top line that had two 20-goal scorers and the West Division's only 30-plus goal scorer, while St. Louis had one 
plus goal scorer. Colorado's top line delivered, and St. Louis stayed true to their regular season form. The thing everyone forgets is in the goal differential, Colorado was a plus 64. Colorado played good defense all year. They allowed minus 37 goals allowed fewer than St. Louis did during the regular season. That also held true as we look as to why Colorado was able to sweep St. Louis. If you did follow along with the podcast through the season, you know this is why we pick Colorado to sweep. We're going to break it down to support while Colorado's offense outguns St. Louis. The better defense did as well. You don't sweep a team just by doing one of those things. There was a reason one team was the President's Trophy winner while the other was 19 points back in the standings when the regular season concluded. Breakdown and keys to the series. The goaltending matchup. The expected starters played all four games. Colorado's Philip Grubauer ended up with a 1.75 goals against average, a .936 save percentage, no shutouts, but went 4-0-0, allowing seven goals against, making 103 saves. St. Louis Jordan Bennington, 3.95 goals against average, a .899 save percentage, zero shutouts, 0-4-0, 14 goals against, 125 saves. Colorado goalie Philip Grubauer allowed half as many goals against as St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington did in this series. That right off the top, Bennington's 14 goals against to Grubauer's 7 goals against takes out the 6 empty net goals scored in the series by Colorado. Now, the goals against average to me isn't as important in a series as the save percentage. Sure, the goals against probably will indicate who won and lost, but how well did the winning goalie or losing goalie do with their respective workloads to me is better reflected in the save percentage. Bennington, in the heavier workload, was under 900% and below his regular season mark, whereas Grubauer's save percentage improved. I certainly don't think either goalie was the key reason for winning or losing because I'm going to spend a lot of time saying the team in front of each goalie factored in more. However, it made me wonder if Bennington and Grubauer had swapped ends of the rink and had to play in front of the other team, would Colorado still have won? I think they would have. That said, going into the series, it was going to be required that St. Louis's Bennington steal more than a game or two for St. Louis to have a chance while facing a more prolific offense in Colorado. Bennington allowed over three goals against per game in the series. St. Louis scored three goals in one of the games in this series. I'm not putting the St. Louis loss on the goaltending of Bennington. However, he, like the rest of the St. Louis team, didn't stand out as being above average in front of a team that needed him to be. Grubauer, albeit with less workload and stronger defensive help, certainly was the better of the two goalies in the series. The key match from the preview was, and I quote, can Bennington play above his regular season numbers to make up for St. Louis's team defensive struggles? This is a short series if he isn't able to. Bennington didn't and it was a sweep. Moving on to the defense, Colorado did use the six expected from the preview to the series. The defensive side of the game can be described in the lower shot on goal totals and limited goal production, especially five on five, that 
St. Louis was able to generate. In addition to the lower shots on goals, although this is not solely the defense, it's the team combined, Colorado and St. Louis had 62 block shots per team. Given that Colorado took more shots than St. Louis, Colorado having the same number of block shots is quite impressive over the course of the four-game series. It also speaks to the type of defensive play they put in front of Grubauer. Ryan Graves led Colorado as a plus-minus plus-nine, and only bottom pair Connor Timmons at a plus-minus minus-one wasn't a positive of the six d group that however is also aided by the offensive contribution made by colorado's defense in the series ryan graves and kale mccarr were the only d-men to score in the series for either team while the top four of graves mccarr sam gerard and devin taves combined for nine assists and 11 points and if for the sake of one of the narratives out of St. Louis on the losses to their defensive group during the series, I'm going to remind everyone listening that top four Colorado defenseman Eric Johnson has been on long-term injury reserve for most of the season. How much better would the Colorado D group be with him healthy? It's to say the six most likely Colorado defensemen played this series it isn't a true healthy colorado d group colorado was also missing bowen byram who very well based on his play early in his rookie season could very well have been an option instead of timmons if byram was available well we tread into that narrative from a st louis perspective what should be the takeaway is the respect for the depth that colorado has on defense and the contributions, regardless of who is playing on defense for them, to the success that has happened. It's not discounting who was out, and that narrative seems to be a quick and easy way to explain the St. Louis sweep. The starting point should actually be the consistent defensive play of Colorado, well, contributing offense, not at the expense of defense, and that should actually be the main point. Now, we can wonder the impact of St. Louis losing Justin Falk in Game 2. Games 1 and 3 were, to me, Colorado's best games, one of which Falk fully played. In fact, in losing both Bortuzzo and Falk in Game 2, St. Louis actually put forth the best effort in the Game 2 loss of all the games in the series that only two empty net goals and the one game where Colorado did better on the power play in the final score hid that Colorado win at first glance compared to that 6-3 final score. I don't care if it's an unpopular opinion. Colton Perenko is St. Louis's best defenseman. That game reflects the type of minutes he should have played all series at 25+. plus. Game 1, because Falk and Krug were both plus 21 minutes, is the game that Pareko was under 24 minutes. To me, at least by games 3 and 4, the ice time for the St. Louis defense reflected who was best to be getting the most time on ice. Now, certainly the loss of Falk added minutes and pressure to the remaining three, Pareko, Krug, and Marco Scandella. The concern for St. Louis was how ideal their top six group was so long as it was all together and it wasn't during the regular season and likewise, fairly, not in this series. Three St. Louis D had assists. Krug had two. 
Pareko and Nico Mikola, one each for four points combined for the D group, no goals. Krug's value was in adding offense. That's why he was signed, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. So with that limited contribution with the top minutes that he had along with Pareko as this series went on, didn't materialize. Pareko for his size and other attributes to me is the best two-way defenseman St. Louis has. But Krug's value in adding production, Krug wasn't a difference maker at all. Bortuzzo also, biggest asset, is his size and his value in a series versus Vegas or Minnesota to me is when he would be most effective. That certainly isn't the matchup that Colorado presents. However, missing Vince Dunn, the natural D to step up in the top four with an injury such as Falks, was also not a possibility for the St. Louis team. And what remains of the available players simply shows the strength or lack of it in St. Louis's defensive depth isn't like it used to be. Now, Nico Mikola certainly did his best, and although he could only get into the last game, the upside for Jake Wallman is certainly something St. Louis fans can look forward to. They just aren't fully NHL everyday defensemen yet. I believe that both Mikola and Wallman will be, and they certainly had to push above where they are on their development during the series. Likewise, Scandella, to me, almost at times tried too hard, too much to try and create. It seems when St. Louis did that, it cost them defensively, not just in the series, but during the season. I also am not going to knock Steven Santini, who was inserted for two games. It's just to say the depth for St. Louis isn't the depth Colorado has. To the key point, St. Louis doesn't have the depth for key players to not see a drop-off for it not to bring the defensive game down. And against a team like Colorado, that's going to be costly. While I understand the injuries factor in, what I don't buy is that if St. Louis's defense was fully healthy, that there was a body of work this year that would have suggested in this series that it would have dramatically improved St. Louis's defensive struggles and not even in the stretch drive where St. Louis is trying to be more responsible defensively, they had hit and miss success. So fully healthy, I don't think it changes the outcome of the series. It did take away the ability for the St. Louis defensive group to contribute offensively. And this probably more than the goaltending explains the sweep. The hard numbers for St. Louis, 2.98 goals allowed for the regular season, was more over the four games as Colorado scored four or more goals in each game in the playoff series. So that went up. St. Louis average shot on goals allowed were 29.8 per game during the regular season. Colorado had over 34 shots on goal per game in the series with a game high of 50 in game one and were held under 30 once in game three with 26. That's the game Colorado had its most even strength goals scored with four. The defensive St. Louis metrics therefore weren't improved. Colorado in those same metrics in the regular season were 2.36 goals allowed. St. Louis had one game with three goals scored, one other game, two goals, and one goal for the other two games. It sounds about the same as the average 
that Colorado allowed during the regular season. St. Louis averaged 27.5 shots on goal per game, and that's very close to Colorado's NHL best 25.4 shots on goal allowed per game over the regular season. While at the same time, Colorado was increasing their offensive chances for. Let's look at the two key defensive matchups. Colorado's Kale McCarr versus St. Louis's Colton Perenko. For St. Louis, Colton Perenko, he was their best defenseman in this series. His physicality in between the whistles was on full display, and to me, he simply got better as the series continued. The difference is that he alone could not contain a top line like Colorado's, nor should he be asked, nor expected to. That, I think, explains why he focused on trying to be more shut down than his usual two-way game. It can be said for more than a number of St. Louis players. It also is, without a deep partner support or forward defensive play, in too tough of a matchup for himself to take on. Well, I can say Kale McCarr with a goal and two assists provided from an offensive standpoint to be more impactful, that really to me is the only spot you should point to him being so. He wasn't dominant defensively nor physically. He was simply good and from the elite standpoint capabilities that he has, well, it wasn't to me fully on display. In fact, it had me think from a physical standpoint, Ryan Graves, who took on a bigger role in that capacity when you think of Nikita Zadaros departure via trade and likewise Patrick Nemeth's trade deadline addition after trading Ian Cole are both as big of pieces in the sweep as Makar individually was. Perenko with a less supporting cast taking on a more potent offense and a solid Colorado forward depth was eventually going to turn the tide in Colorado's favor each and every game. The other matchup, Colorado Sam Girard versus St. Louis's Tory Krug. I said this matchup would be graded mostly on points, so both with two assists each seemed to suggest that that was a draw. In fairness, much like McCarr versus Perenko, the tilt is actually everyone else besides the two guys that we focused on for you to watch. Colorado's Devin Taves, in theory, would have been compared to St. Louis's Justin Falk, yet his injury kind of overwhelmingly did provide Colorado an edge as the three best per team available really went into Colorado's favor. Colorado's Ryan Graves also outperforms Marco Scandella, if you're doing that as a comparison, although with six penalty minutes for Graves, that's one area he didn't excel in this series in. He did have the most points of any of the defensemen. With Falk hurt, you really have to think of Nico Mikola as the other St. Louis top four guy, and he played good, but he certainly didn't outperform either Taves or Graves, whomever you want to compare him to. And the bottom Colorado D pairing of Patrick Nemeth and Connor Timmins was more than equal to St. Louis's Robert Bertuzzo in two games, Jake Wallman, unfortunately, only in one game played, and Steven Santini in two games played. The key is overall... It was a better group effort for Colorado, and given St. Louis's need to either be exceptionally better defensively or generate more offense, St. Louis didn't accomplish either of those goals to win a game in the series. Moving on to the offense, my main focus here is to give perspective of the Colorado top-line dominance and the additional depth scoring while removing the big outlier in the 20-7 goal totals between the team. For real, I'm going to remove all the empty net goals, six of them, for Colorado. 
And we're going to focus on the 14-7 goal total advantage Colorado had on St. Louis. The reason is simply for the lame-ass reason you would expect. If half of McKinnon's six goals in the series are into an empty net, well, someone is going to try to discount the value of all of them. I'm going to tell you the 5-on-5 and special teams ones with a goalie in the net doubled St. Louis's goal total, and that's how you still get this lopsided sweep. To provide you with how the top line did drive Colorado's offense that St. Louis wasn't able to stop, taking away the goals and points from the empty net goals. Here's what the big line, stats line, looks like for the series. Nathan McKinnon, three goals, three assists, six points. Gabriel Landeskog, two goals, four assists, six points. And Miko Rantanen, one goal, five assists, six points. Just keep in mind that's taking out all the goals and assists from the empty net goals. That's what you're left with. St. Louis had seven goals for the four-game series. Of course, they had no empty net goals. Colorado's top line had six minus the empty net goals. Two of McKinnon's three were game-winning goals, and Rantanen's lone goal was also a game-winning goal. Knowing that the Colorado defense added a pair of goals offensively, not part of the empty net goal stats, the first line and defensive goal scoring passes St. Louis' total goal production in the series before we even talk about secondary forward scoring in this series. Brandon Saad removing his empty net goal had two goals, as did Jonas Donskoy, Tyson Jost, and rookie Alex Newhook, whose first NHL goal was Colorado's other game-winning goal, were others of the not-including-empty-net goals, Colorado goal scorers. The breakdown is six from the top line, six from the rest of the forward group, lines two through four, and a pair from the D group for Colorado. As expected, it was the balance, but with high-end top-line production that was going to be difficult for St. Louis to overcome that we talked about in the preview podcast. Simply matching the top-line's production wouldn't win St. Louis games in this series. They had to find a way through their lineup and goal scoring by committee to match and find somewhere to have an advantage. Nazem Kadri's suspension after his late hit in Game 2 simply provided an opportunity for Carl Soderberg to come into the lineup. But keep in mind, Brandon Saad still had a good series, although Andre Burakovsky was quiet. Nor was the production from him even required for Colorado to sweep. It could have been more lopsided. However, it is actually JT Comfer, I remind you, that slots up in the lineup, not Soderberg just plugging playing in the second line center role. Still, from a playable 12 forward group, Colorado certainly was able to maintain its four-line game without Kadri. To me, Kadri still is more of an asset as a second-line center for this team, but they certainly can manage without him. Rookie Alex Newhook's addition, and as a top prospect and pick, you shouldn't be surprised that given his big game ability at every level he has played during his development, I do recall at the 2021 World Junior Championships that he just has a way of being impactful when he is on the ice no matter where you have him slotted in the lineup. He projects to be a top six legit NHL forward because of his elite level skill 
And that set right now in a bottom six role is actually more impactful than a traditionally bottom six player you could put in the lineup in his place would be. So he's actually a better player just earlier in his development. In the preview, I reminded you St. Louis had one twenty goal scorer, their best two-way player, Ryan O'Reilly. Certainly he himself admitted, and I quote, it was pretty pathetic. I didn't really do much this series, and especially against that top line, end quote. He didn't slow down the top line production, and with three assists, he also didn't score once in the series. Now, would O'Reilly have had a better series with linemate David Perron? Yes, absolutely. But are O'Reilly and Perron, this is a question you should ask yourself, who wasn't a 20-goal scorer in the regular season, kind of had a 19-goal so-so season, were they going to combine for an additional 8-plus goals to tilt this series if he did play? That's what you need to ask yourself. Then, let's move on from that excuse of a narrative of David Perron completely tilting this series the other way. It lacks value, and him playing wouldn't have changed the outcome. St. Louis's most dynamic offensive threat, Vladimir Tarasenko, did score twice in the final game. The one that reminded me of how good before all the legit injury time he has had over the last couple of years. He couldn't single-handedly will St. Louis to a win either, but at least St. Louis fans can take solace. Tarasenko isn't done career-wise yet. He's still got game, and he showed that in Game 4. Again, the supporting cast just isn't there, and it wasn't all season for St. Louis. Tyler Bozak had a goal, and fittingly, it came shorthanded. Honestly, of St. Louis's forwards down the stretch on special teams like the penalty kill, I think Bozak was St. Louis's best player going into the series, but he also didn't impact it, and his elevated role, he needed to do more than just score a goal. St. Louis's Mike Hoffman, Braden Shen each had a goal, and I said Jaden Schwartz in this next set of three players were part of the key to balancing out the top-line Colorado production. Given Saad and Donskoy combined for four goals, they didn't match the output even of Colorado's secondary scoring, nor add more to it to balance the top line's production Colorado has. That's a big key, again, why St. Louis doesn't win. Finally, you have bottom six goal production of one goal each from St. Louis's Sammy Blay and Jordan Cairo that actually matches Newhook and Jokes of Colorado. Again, we aren't counting empty net goals. It isn't surprising from a St. Louis perspective. This is essentially what the production they were getting from the bottom six during the regular season for St. Louis looked like. And likewise, it wasn't going to be more than Colorado's. The real question to return to the big point was generating the goal production to offset and exceed Colorado's top line. Well, from a top six perspective for St. Louis, it simply wasn't close as the whole of the St. Louis production was a goal more than Colorado's top line, and that's why Colorado sweeps. The goal advantage in any other breakdown, whether it's second line, bottom six, or from the defensive group, wasn't there. The trouble I have with the injury narrative for St. Louis is this. Take away the Colorado empty net goals. The goal differential is 14 to 7 for Colorado. So you basically want me to believe two extra games of Justin Falk and four games of Vince Dunn and David Perron combined 
would have produced at minimum eight more goals, and it's still going to need more to win, not counting the empty net goals, remember? And if you believe that's the difference in the series, then you're in a fantasy. St. Louis has more issues than the ability to dress a healthy lineup. That the only thing I'm disappointed about is that every single guy wasn't available for everyone to see St. Louis still would have been swept under what you would quote unquote call ideal circumstances. I said the five on five goal production was the key to this series. Offense was a strength for St. Louis. Colorado had a better offense during the regular season. Five on five, Colorado had 10 goals to St. Louis's four goals. I will get to explain the special teams in a bit. Make no mistake, five on five production for Colorado is how they won this series absolutely in three of the four wins. Key offensive matchups, Colorado's Miko Rantanen versus St. Louis's Ryan O'Reilly. Yes, I put Colorado's top goal scorer from the regular season here, not Nathan McKinnon. The theory was that St. Louis's O'Reilly simply not only had to take away the impact of McKinnon, but Colorado's biggest goal-scoring threat of this season, Miko Rantanen. Heck, Rantanen only had one goal in the series. However, and this is why key matchup for star players in a sport like hockey is short on value. The Colorado top line had six goals. Again, not including empty net goals. So the matchup of shutting down the top line was really O'Reilly and his line mate's job, and they didn't do it. Still, low-key Miko Rantanen had a better series than O'Reilly. Rantanen's line mates, Gabriel Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon, had a better series than Rantanen. Second matchup, Colorado's Nazem Kadri versus St. Louis's Braden Shen. Well, I certainly didn't expect this outcome, but here's an interesting stat line for this pair. Kadri's late hit gave him 10 in a game and a suspension to lead Colorado in penalty minutes for the series and him missing the last two of his ongoing eight game but in appeal suspension. Shen led St. Louis with nine penalty minutes in the series. Of course, the fight being primarily how he gets to that total. St. Louis needed more than the one goal production from Shen, and additionally, there was none by Jaden Schwartz. Colorado's cadre being able to play would have been more impactful for Colorado. However, as I mentioned earlier, Brandon Stodd still had two goals without cadre being at center. There wasn't, therefore, a decided edge for either of these pairs in the series, but it was St. Louis that most needed there to be a decided edge here. Somewhere they needed to compensate for the top line goal scoring production Colorado was going to get. They didn't find it with Shannon Schwartz and it wasn't found elsewhere to be found. Mike Hoffman's lone goal is another prime example of a player who St. Louis needed to score, a player that you know can score that didn't score enough for St. Louis as well. Special teams. Here's the regular season special team stat again. St. Louis, a 23.2% success power play percentage, a 77.8 penalty kill kill rate. Colorado, 22.7% on the power play, 83.1% on the penalty kill. During the series, St. Louis finished with a 22.2% power play percentage. The penalty kill is 63.6%. 
2.4%, and I'll explain that in a minute. Colorado was 36.3% on the power play, minus the empty net goals, 77.8% on their penalty kill. I've put together the power play numbers that actually would be at 50%, and the penalty kill for St. Louis would be 50% if you add in the empty net goals. So that's why I'm using the totals with the empty net goals removed. St. Louis's wins down the stretch, if you remember going back to those podcasts, were propped up by goal production that was largely provided by the power play and special teams. And you can read that as Tyler Bozak's return to score shorthanded goals too, not just the power play. Thing was, Colorado's special teams numbers were going to even that out, and they did. The crutch to winning games with the formula St. Louis had down the stretch wasn't going to exist, and they had to produce it 5-on-5 to win games in this series against Colorado. That's the story here. Now, I again have Colorado's power play percentage removing the empty net power play goals. That makes it the 36.3% or 4 for 11 for Colorado not what the series would suggest with the empty net goals being 6 for 12. I used 11, but I honestly think the 4-minute high stick counts as a single power play try that accounted for two empty net power play goals. So, it may be 4 for 10 removing the empty net goals, but the total for the series was 6 for 12. Either way, Colorado minus the power play empty net goals is well over 35% and possibly as high as 40%. Meanwhile, St. Louis at 2 for 9 was a percentage point off of their regular season power play output. It really didn't take a drop, even missing Perron. Respectfully, over the 22% mark, while Bozak scored a shorthanded goal in the series, with a goalie actually in the net, because Colorado got one into an empty net. So when I look at it, because we want to take out these empty net goals... I feel Colorado had a 4-3 to three goal special teams advantage. In Game 2, Colorado went 2-2 two for two when St. Louis went 1-2, for two, and both teams in that game had two even-strength goals. That was a game St. Louis had the best chance to win. And, again, taking out those empty net goals that skew that 6-3 final score, that one power play tally does result in a Colorado win. However, it's a lot closer than the metrics suggest overall during the series. And it's why I say 5-on-5 is where St. Louis lost the series. Game 2 was the exception, and it was by a goal. The coaches, Colorado, Jared Bednar, and St. Louis's Craig Berube. For the winning coach, Jared Bednar, two things that I liked that helped in this win. Bednar's ability after losing second-line center Kadri to suspension to adjust his lines and continue to play four with the insertion but not a plugging in of Carl Soderberg into the second center spot, but adjusting to make it Soderberg value while promoting JT Confer was great coaching. Secondly, playing rookie Alex Newhook, who, although injured in Game 4, scored a game-winning goal for Colorado and prior to injury was an impactful player for Colorado in a bottom-six role. 
For the losing coach St. Louis's Craig Berube, he deserves credit for his gamemanship. He made a point to complain about not getting enough penalty calls during the series. One, it's rather factually a pair of calls by Game 3 difference between the teams. But as we've just said, only in Game 2 Colorado's extra power play goal could be looked at as a difference in the final scores. But here's why I liked it. St. Louis was helped in winning late in the regular season by power play goals and special teams. So, if Barubi could find a way to get some more opportunities, that could have potentially helped St. Louis. It didn't work out that way in Game 4, but the cleverness to try and get something for his team that could be an advantage is smart coaching. It wasn't even about the games that had been played. It was about hoping to gain an advantage for the games yet to be played with St. Louis on the brink of elimination. Final thoughts. We will continue Colorado's Cup journey as a matchup for the West Division Final against either Vegas or Minnesota. So, both a Vegas mini-series recap will happen and a West Division Final preview are upcoming and planned. For St. Louis, we will have a team-focused podcast to look at the overall season as planned. This is not a final look at them And we do that for all the teams that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22. St. Louis will be after the eliminated playoff teams by reverse order. As Winnipeg upset Edmonton and advances into the playoffs, St. Louis will follow Dallas now. Nashville, who is still alive in the playoffs as I record this, had a point more in the regular season of both St. Louis and Winnipeg. So that's why we'll have St. Louis after Dallas. My original prediction was Colorado in four. The result was Colorado in four. And at least I got one series, right? The leadership group were, to me, going to drive one team to win here. Colorado's did, and let's leave you with more of St. Louis Captain Ryan O'Reilly's postgame comments. And I quote, I had the opportunity early to see that McKinnon, Landeskog, Ratton line and play them harder, and I didn't do my job. You can't expect anyone else to do theirs. During the season, O'Reilly did lead by example. I can appreciate his taking ownership for his play and how it correlates directly to the whole team. St. Louis, as a team, had to find a way to do more if they were going to beat Colorado.